The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to V Brown Bag US. A um, few show notes before we get started. If you want to follow the conversation on Twitter, follow at V Brown Bag, um, at V Brown Bag Latam for Latin American, and at V Brown Bag EMEA for your European V Brown Bag stuff. Uh, we also have the Twitter hashtag, hashtag V Brown Bag. So if you have questions or anything like that, make sure to either reach out to us on the GoToMeeting or on Twitter. We also have different regions, as I said, where we host V Brown Bag. Uh, for APAC, it's every other Thursday at 10 p.m. NZDT. For EMEA, uh, it's Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. BST. And Latin America, Thursdays, 7 p.m. PDT. And of course, US, which you're all joining now, uh, Wednesday at 7.30 Central. I did want to mention there are spots open to present. Um, starting August 3rd, we are having an Amazon AWS Solutions Architect Associate Exam Series. Um, so if you are interested in presenting, we do have some spots available. Uh, check out the website at, uh, listed here, professionalvmware.com slash Amazon dash AWS dash solutions dash architect dash dash associate dash exam or just Google it. Uh, tonight we have Edward Halatki joining us at TechSiWill and our hosts are Adam Eckerly at X79, Chris Malhoyt and Lauren Malhoyt, me at Malhoyt. So welcome Chris and Adam. We're, uh, we're glad to have you on the show and, and hopefully some more uh, hosting in the future. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, awesome. All right, and Edward, without further ado, let me pass you the uh, ball here. Thank you, Lauren. And you should have it. I do, and I'm selecting the window right now. And you guys, everybody should be able to see it now, I hope. Yep. Good. Um, Tonight we're going to talk about a problem that I was faced with. I was doing a, um, some work for a company called Prelert, and they have built, it's, it's a security tool, and what they've done is built a product that works and analyzes data from either Elasticsearch or Splunk. And I had to get my data that's inside of my virtualization infrastructure, which actually I happen to run 100% virtualized using vSphere and KVM, but since I have LogInsight, I send everything to LogInsight. So I had everything in LogInsight, but nothing in Elasticsearch. So I was trying to come up with a way to easily go from LogInsight to Elasticsearch. So what I did was built a ERC stack, or an Elasticsearch Arsyslog Kibana stack instead of what is normally done, which is an ELK stack, which is Elasticsearch Logstash in Kibana. So I went a little bit different. I'm a principal analyst at the virtualization practice, which is where I was doing all this work, and a VMware vExpert. I've been doing these for a number of years, so um, if you have any questions, please let me know anytime during the talk. Also, Twitter, you can do at vbrownbag, and they'll translate it to me, or uh, since I won't be watching it, my screen is kind of full with a presentation. Or, so let the guys at the um, vbrownbag know that you have any questions. We'll go from there. So that was the prelude. I had to get my data from one point to the other. So effectively, what I was faced with, I have a central logging problem, but I use it for other uses. I need to get my central log, for, I need to get it for security uses, APM uses, et cetera. 
there's a mismatch between Elasticsearch and mostly central logging solutions. And I need to figure out how to bridge that gap. Now, I could go to Splunk as well. They can do the same thing. And for my solution, that would be fine. But I figured I'd do something that didn't cost me any money to start with, and that was Elasticsearch. So when you look at it, I have a whole bunch of stuff called coming into Log Insight. Its input is syslog, and it uses UDP or TCP, outputs through its own API or via syslog. Now, Elasticsearch is a little bit different. Its input is JSON, key value pairs. Not the same as syslog data coming in, and I, the APIs didn't match. So in the output is through an API call or through um, a tool called Kibana, and Kibana actually uses that API. And I had to get my data all the way into pre-alert after being filtered, and again, its inputs are JSON, which is actually the exact same thing as Elasticsearch, and the output's using an API as well. In the pipes, got, I have a lot of data coming in the log inside. I have a big pipe going to Elasticsearch and a smaller pipe going to pre-alert, because it's only looking at small chunks of data. This is the goal. The real question is, how did I get here? And effectively, I found, I'm very familiar with syslog, so I was looking at the, the syslog tools and found out that there is a tool that's part of syslog, later versions, that will convert syslog format to Elasticsearch's JSON using the Elasticsearch API. So now I can use syslog via UDP or even TCP, and I can get rid of that one collision. Now I could use ng-syslog, I could use any number of tools out there, pick your favorite. If I went direct to Splunk instead of going to Elasticsearch, it was a direct call. I just send it to Splunk and go. And this actually is kind of nice. Now I have a built in-house solution that will allow me to do it. Now I took the solution that I wrote up, it's on GitHub and you can see that later, and put it in production for a customer I did some consulting with. When, between starting the script and the end of the script, it took three to five minutes to put everything in place. When I was done, and that's including sending data to it, when I was done, they could log in in Kibana and start doing their, their queries, and they were happy. So they were able to get a lot of stuff right then and there for their use. And they're using it today for log aggregation across and doing queries on it all the time. Five minutes, just one script. Yeah, hey, Edward. Uh, real quick, there's a there's a question uh, sure. from Graham. Uh, he he asks a good question. What about customers that don't have Log Insight? Uh, could something like this be done with Splunk, or even if there's not a log aggregation solution? Absolutely, and that's why I like our Syslog or any type of Syslog server. You can build one of these yourself. It's incredibly easy to put together on Linux. Just start the syslog daemon, make some modifications, and go. Or using the script I wrote, you just installs everything and makes it available for syslog data to be sent to it from anywhere. So, for example, in a virtual environment, if I was running KVM, it understands syslog. You can forward syslog from there to anywhere else. Same thing with vSphere. Same thing with vCenter. And any other tools can do this. So this is actually a really good tool solution, I created an Elasticsearch within our syslog front end, it can take data from anywhere, as long as it's in syslog format. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. Good. 
because I mean, when you think about syslog is syslog is syslog. There's even Windows to Windows event files, event logs to syslog converters already out there. I use one all the time, and they're free. And now I set I set this up on running on CentOS or RHEL, Red Hat Enterprise Linux, which is the two I used. I use CentOS actually. Um, when you do that, it just becomes a live aggregation server all by itself. And now I have log aggregation and great search capability for those logs all built into one. And that's a nice feature of it. So how do I do this? Now, just to let you know, it is CentOS RHEL based because that's where I spend most of my time. And most of my customers are. When I, the task I had to do is ensure that this script was repeatable. In other words, I had to test before making all the changes. I can't just make the changes. I have to make sure that, for example, the edits to the file were already made. And if they weren't, make them. If they were made, don't make them again. That's what I mean by repeatable. The current rsyslog that ships with CentOS, the latest version, CentOS 7, I can't use. It doesn't have the feature set that you need to do this, so you have to get the latest. You needed the converting tool, which is our syslog to Elasticsearch. You had to install Elasticsearch in Kibana and configure our syslog. In other words, you had to make sure that you can you, you got rid of all rate limits because as soon as you limit this thing, you don't get all your data, which is bad. You had to enable all the, t all the communication protocols for UDP and TCP. Configure our syslog to create EES configuration. This is actually you need to actually write some specialized code, or actually it's already written for you, to convert from our syslog and map that to JSON. La a couple of things you also have to think about is syslog is noisy. It fills up disk space like crazy and very, very quickly. So you actually have to install a curator or a tool to actually, this one's called Python, Python pip, to remove those logs because or put them somewhere else. If you even have 100, 100 terabytes of data, it'll fill that up until it just fills. And then you don't. You need to get do something with it. Some people save it for, uh, for as many years as you want. Other people just get rid of it. Now, Log Insight, since I had that as the front end, already archives things off for me, so I didn't actually have to build an archiver. I just had to make sure Elasticsearch was kept clean. Then configure Elasticsearch and select the Elasticsearch security option. Now, this one was actually relatively important because Log Insight, I log in. I have to use credentials. Elasticsearch and Kibana have no credential capability at all unless you want to pay a lot of money. They do have it now. It wasn't there at the beginning. It's made to be put behind a firewall and not exposed to the Internet. Once you expose it to the Internet, all sorts of bad things happen. You can, people will have access to the intimate data of your data center. So what I did was I put an Nginx front end that just did simple login. And you can tie it to certificates and do more complex stuff. And actually, I'll show you how you can do that in the system so that you can actually add that into the, to, to the repository if you want to add that in. That's great. Hey, Edward, real quick. Um, there are a couple questions that have uh, stacked up. Um, one kind of goes back a little bit. Um, you mentioned Windows as a syslog converter. 
Do you have one in particular that you can recommend or that you use? I use one from um, Manage Engine. They have a free one. It runs and you just forward it to a syslog server. You okay. point to the syslog server, that does it. Um, the only drawback to that is you actually have to have it running all the time, which is fine for what I was using it for. I mean, you have to actually log in. It's a, it's a graphical interface to configure it. Um, but okay. that one, actually, I've used. There's a few others. You just search for a Windows event to syslog, and there's a dozen. There's actually some very nice um, for-fee ones as well. Okay. And then the other one is around the Linux Archiver. Uh, similar question. Do you have one that, that you use or could recommend? Well, this one is a curator. In other words, it keeps the disk from filling up by removing Elasticsearch files. As for an archive solution for our syslog, or syslog data in general, as it gets logged, um, there's not one that's actually comes to mind, but built into every Linux distribution is something called rsync. So generally, if you, and this is the one that a lot of people use, so generally if you have an rsync server on a, on a Synology, which actually has one, you can actually just rsync the data across and it'll just copy and archive it. That's, a, that's the cheapest way to do it. Um, if not, then you can then use some sort of backup software to do it. Back it up to another location, copy it to another location, replicate it. There's all sorts of ways of doing this. Okay, I'm an old-time Linux guy. I use rsync for a lot of things. And the nice feature is you can set it to say only rsync things this x old, which would be very nice. Any other questions? Uh, I think that's it for right now. Okay. Uh, and by the way, if, if folks, if you aren't watching the Q&A, uh, Larry's posting some links uh, to uh, to Knapsack, which is an, apparently another recommendation for that. So pay attention to the Q&A, and you might get a recommendation as well. Now, all of this is actually on GitHub right now. Let me bring that up so you can see some of these tasks that I went through. Oops, wrong window. Sorry about that. Didn't have it up. So I actually have a GitHub repository called AACLib. It's under TextIWill. Let me switch windows. Can you guys see that now, the Firefox? Yeah. Okay, so, so under TextIWill, AACLib, is a repository of all the things I do that are useful to me. This is actually where I'm putting things I use on a regular basis. So you've got the ERC stack, which is for doing the Elasticsearch Arsyslog Kibana. There's a hooks one for doing pre-commit, um, hooks for pre-commit hooks for um, Git, so that you can actually get rid of all of the interesting um, API keys and so forth so they don't leak out. An isolib, which is actually a really interesting tool that I built so I can build on Blu-ray libraries of all my ISO files. And 2CentOS is which a tool to convert RHEL instances to CentOS, and there's one for 6 and 7. But if you go into the ERC stack one, it's really quite simple. I have a making a free log server. It's just a reference I use to do all this. And there's only one command to run. You run it as root user, and you just run ERC install. Now, ERC install 
actually calls ERC install nginx. So these are the security pieces. These are the other bits. This is setting up SC Linux and our syslog so that it talks to Elasticsearch securely through nginx. So you have an nginx proxy that goes and talks to Kibana. So this is actually, instead of using the Kibana port of 5601, I'm exposing port 80 or port 443, and that's it, and it does all the translation inside. This script, if you want to add more, you just add an irk.install.name of your script. And it'll actually, you can add those in anytime you want, and that'll do whatever, it will be called from the irk install. So let me show you that. I know that the screen is rather small, but this is really a problem with, I don't know how to zoom on this thing, so let's see if we can do that. How's that? Better? Yep. Okay. So the very first thing I did was I installed a few things so I can get our syslog. That's all this is basically doing here. I'm getting the latest repository repo for our syslog and updating it. This gets rid of all the old stuff and makes it ready for the other one. And then I go off and I test the configuration just to make sure that whatever I had there already isn't broken. Because if you have a broken our syslog from the beginning, the rest of this doesn't work. Then I go off and install Elasticsearch. Again, setting up the repos, installing Java, which Elasticsearch requires and then installing Kibana as well, and then finally installing our syslog Elasticsearch. Now remember I said we went into configuration next, and that's exactly what we do. If you look through the code even further, it's a fairly long script. This part here is configuring the rate limit and getting rid of it. But notice I'm looking for various things first. Did I already, do I have IM Journal already? Because I remove that as part of this. Actually, I add it as part of this. Sorry, I don't add, remove it. I add it. So if it's already there, I've already done my job. I don't have to do it again. That's what I mean by repeatable. A script without this type of protection, when it reads, writes the config files, messes up the config files left, right, and center. And this also does a, a bit of work for the, the um, rate limit as well. It's retention, getting rid of that. Then I go off and, again, using my protection mechanisms, I go off and enable um, UDP and TCP. Now, I should be let you know, I never got TCP to work with this yet. It should work, but it doesn't. It's probably an SE Linux thing. And I'm getting, uh, that's yet to be solved. Then there's a bunch of config files. You can read through this. This is actually loading the OM Elasticsearch module from our syslog, converting it to the index name, making it name what Kibana and Elasticsearch likes, which is Logstash. And here is the part that does the conversion. It actually does name value pairs for everything you're doing. So the output then outputs as JSON. This gets sent to Elasticsearch on the local host to be pulled in as logstash-something. And that's actually just the guts of it. It's all it really does. So everything is configured. This actually came from that other site. It's already been built and tested. I didn't do anything else. I just kind of aggregated it together. The next part was the income. Um, 
I did a little bit of turning off some RP filters and stuff, but that you don't have to do. Install the Python pip for curating and enable it. Then set up the cron tab. This is actually going through in every on the four, um, fourth hour every day, going through and saying get rid of da data that's older than 30 days. And then I change the Elasticsearch data path so that I have one. So I, I need a repository. I gave it a 100 gig virtual disk. The production company that I did this work for, their their disk, the physical disks are a terabyte or two. So they have plenty of room. And then I just, here, I, found, I have an Elasticsearch.yaml file, YML. All I'm doing is writing it. This is a complete copy of the configuration. It just changes a few things. It gives it a cluster name. I just call that Elasticsearch. You can modify that to whatever you want. And I set some of the other things so that it will do the right thing. I could edit this by hand. I could edit this electronically, but since I was actually, it's always going to be the same thing, I just figured I'd just import it all the way. That way I have less editing and so a complete overwrite. So if it had to restart, I'm protected. Hey, Edward, a uh, yeah. question that came in again from Graham. Uh, what sort of volume uh, would you start thinking about splitting off some of the services into separate guests? Is there well, a kind of rule of thumb? Um, actually, with Elasticsearch, you wouldn't split it off into separate guests as much as you would front-end it with a load balancer and do it that way, because you would end up having to create an Elasticsearch cluster. So once you have an Elasticsearch cluster, any of the cluster nodes can import data. Okay, so interesting. So you would do it more as a cluster approach than trying to split off the services. You still need, you can put an rsyslog server in front of everything for all this, but you probably would need to load balance your rsyslog anyways because of the volume of traffic. I'm doing um, 54,000 messages at the moment of day in one server is fine. Um, the customer does, and they're using a physical server, so it's very different than a virtual server, but they do 200,000 messages in a day. Actually, take that back. They can do 200,000 messages in a minute, but they're averaging probably a couple million in a day right now off of four servers into one. Wow. So the numbers are fairly large. So you got to think about throughput more than anything. It's going to eat through your networking more than anything. In a virtual environment, you scale out by using load balancers and so forth, and that's the way I would do it and build out a, a cluster of these. And I don't have that in my script right now, doing a cluster of Elasticsearch. That's the next part I want to do. So I, everything I can feed log insight, this thing can chew through in no time. So this is the cool part here. And actually, I'm looking for the name of the file and saying how many of these irk.install.whatevers are out there. This is, again, the security bits. If there's only one, which there is now, it's just going to run it. If it finds more than one, which actually I have more than one in my private repository because I'm actually playing around with Elasticsearch's own security tool 
which is um, let me get there. It is. Um, oh, I can't remember it, and I don't have it here. But there's actually another one that they have all by themselves that they built in their own front end for securing Kibana and Elasticsearch. So when you log in, you have to go through theirs, and it hooks into AD and all that. It does similar things. So I have it on another machine. I just haven't published it out because I couldn't get it working right when I did this. So Nginx first, because it's an easy, simple, just put it out there, and then this will follow soon. And then this way the script doesn't have to change. It just goes off and says, select the one you want. And that script I'm going to go to now does a few other things. And purely around Nginx. So it's going to install some new tools specifically around SE Linux so I can troubleshoot it. Sets a variable called Nginx equals one because I just want it to run. And then it goes off and creates some OpenSSL certificates. If you don't already have one, you can. You can use anything you want. So if you find the cert.pem, in the right spot, it assumes you already have a cert and goes from there. And then it sets up the simple password. And I put in two usernames and passwords. Operator, I give you, you select the admin user because you need that, just to have admin capabilities, and then I put in an operator username. This is just using simple HT passwords so you can do whatever you want with it. It's just this is automates it. Then we go off and remove some things out of the Nginx config file and then add a new config file. So this is removing the server line saying, hey, I don't want to use you because I don't want the default server, which is var www.html. I want to use Kibana. So what I'm doing here is setting up a proxy. And what that does is it actually says, you're logging in port 80. Let me go to the upstream server, which is recommended, which is 127.0.056.01. In other words, I'm now going to the local host running Kibana and then accessing that port. Well, I'm sorry, 80 or 443. 80 will redirect to 443. So now you have a secure encrypted access to Kibana. And it has a username and password associated with it. And you can add in two-factor authentication if you want. You can add anything you want. Then I just did, again, thinking about repeatability, I want to make sure I test Nginx to make sure the config hasn't had any problems. Sometimes it does, so you have to think about that. And then I set up Kibana to use localhost as its server, so it's not out in the wild and, and available to everybody. And then we go off and do the, the, the critical bit, and that is you need to fix SE Linux. Now, most people turn off SE Linux or they put it in permissive mode so that they can make it work. I'm not a fan of that. Now, my background is security, and for some customers, I have done this. I have turned off SC Linux until I could learn what's the problem. Well, with this one, I've actually done all that work for you. You have to restore some settings. You have to set the port to allow HTTP, and you actually have to change some settings to allow a web server to read the files. It's really all you have to do. And if you see any SE Linux pop up during errors pop up, I give you a, a command you can run 
to find all that information and find out what caused the problem. And if that happens, email me. I'll be glad to help you. The other thing is it just restarts the daemons. Kibana is not running at this time, so you enable Nginx, you restart Kibana, and start Nginx. Kibana has to be running first. We're going to restart it again. It won't hurt. Again, CentOS 7, so I'm using system CTL and so forth. This is just a way of doing security that I've come up with. This is simple username, password. There's certificate-based. You can use two-factor authentication. There's all sorts of things you can add in here just by adding another script and go for it. That way you have, we have some choice. So you can actually pull this, make a pull request, make your changes, or come talk to me and see if I can add them to the list of to-do. It's very simple. I wanted to separate security from the rest of it only because the rest of it takes so long and I wanted a lot of choices. So back to our presentation. I've done the tasks that I, I set out to do. And now at the end of this, when it runs, well, I'm not quite finished yet. I've only done the Nginx, the security options for Nginx and using for, for a Kibana. But there's some other things I need to do. I've configured all this. I've done the install Nginx, the search, and so forth. Now I've got to continue with the ERC install, which is basically I've got to configure the firewall. All the CentOS stuff comes with firewalls. I either I can, uh, did my code to work with firewall D and directly with IP tables. So if you have I firewall D running, it'll do the right stuff for that. If you have IP tables, it'll do the right stuff for that. This one's easy because I have a front end in Nginx and I'm only allowing port 443, so all the, all the rest of it's hidden. So I don't, I don't enable port 443. It actually makes life easier. And then since I have SE Linux running, I have to configure SE Linux for you guys and restart all the services. So back to our code a little bit. We're way down at the bottom now. As you can see, I'm actually saying, okay, is Firewall D running? If it is, do some configuration. I need to allow our syslog. And if Nginx is running, I only allow 443. If it isn't, I may have to allow 5601. If I'm running IP tables, same decisions. I got to allow the rsys log coming in. I got to accept that and reject all other traffic. So this is very limited in what it'll, it'll allow you to do. Um, the one I did for my uh, customer I have, we actually did these rules and then we augmented them one, one step further by only allowing access from specific IP because they don't want it out to anybody but their admin staff. So we did that. And you can do that after the fact. And then we had to do some SC Linux, and it's not a lot. We had to fix our syslogd to have the right rights. We had to make sure syslogd could talk to port 9200, which is Elasticsearch. That's what it listens on. And to get the OM Elasticsearch piece running, they had to restore the permissions on slash dev. This was a tricky one. It took me a while to find it because it would run in 
debug mode but would not run in daemon mode. So for the longest time I just ran it in debug and then I realized on the machine that was working I had SC Linux in permissive mode because that's what that customer wants and I had mine in not so I actually defined why it wasn't and it was actually a device it talks through. Um, a, loop, a network device so it actually had to be fixed. And for some reason it was messed up. A lot of searching later it came up with this one line to fix it so if you actually are running SC Linux and have problems with network devices talking use this to fix it. For some reason the install messed it up and it's not the install that we did it was actually the install of CentOS and RHEL that fixes it that has the problem. Then I restart everything. Again, I'm restarting Kibana. Well, I already did that, but I'm restarting it again. Order is important. You want our syslog, then Elasticsearch, then Kibana. And of course, we have to have a test message, so I use Logger and just send a test message. So when you go to your Elasticsearch console, the very first thing you should see is that message. And then you're done. Simple script. Took a while to get going. So let me show you what it looks like. When I problem is logger is just not enough. Um, I'll get local data as well since it's a Linux machine, but I really wanted the data from login site. So what I had to do was go to the right-hand menu, you select administration, event forwarding, new destination. And by the way, for login site, this is available only if you have a license. That's what I've been told. I've never not had one, so I don't know if that's the truth. But that's something to think about. You may not have event forwarding enabled. If you don't, you may have to get a, a full license of login site. You want to select the protocol syslog, transport, UDP, or TCP, and be sure it works. Just do a test. Put in your IP address or host name. Do a test. Make sure it shows up on the Kibana dashboard. It should show up right away. You may have to refresh it. I set mine to auto-refresh every 30 seconds during this process, so that's always I can look at both of them and see what's happening. Hey, Edward, are you yes. showing something other than your deck right now? Nope, just a deck. Okay. You were kind of talking like maybe you were showing something on a different screen, but... Nope, just a deck. I actually had the... Um, I was just saying when I do this, I make sure my cabana is up at the same time so that when I'm trying to glue this together, I can see the test message immediately instead of having to refresh and all that. So that's just a hint for gluing this together. Okay. Very well. Let's move along. Don't mind me. When it says, when you hit the test button, it immediately sends a message over. It says, this is from Log Insight, blah, 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 blah. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you want to make sure you see that. If you don't, it's not ready. Make sure you fix it. It could be a, a SE Linux problem. It could be a firewall issue. It could be any number of networking problems. It may not be on the IP, same IP namespace or domain name, um, address space. So think about that. But generally, this I've never seen this fail unless it was a problem like one of those. Once you have it, go to HTTPS, your Kibana server, Enter your credentials you stored for either admin or the operator, and you'll be able to see data, just like this one's showing. And then you'll be able to do standard searches, where the asterisk is, you just put your searches in, and away you go.
it's pretty cool. You can actually select other things to display, just like the login site. You can do pie charts. You can do um, just general uh, ch um, charts, any type of chart up there, actually, that you could see elsewhere. And there's a bunch of built-in dashboards that you can select from. But there's a caveat with this. And now let's just look here. Which one's better? Do I want to use Login Site or ERC? And that's a question I wanted to cover because I use ERC, the Elasticsearch Arsyslec Kibana, for a very specific purchase, not purchase, purpose. And that is to use Prelert, which is a security tool for security analytics. It will not talk to Login Site. So Login Site takes in any syslog. ERC, you need that syslog to JSON conversion. However, there's some differences. On this login site message you see at the top here, at the, underneath everything, it makes sense. I got a full VM kernel message, could not start queue. That data doesn't look the same in ERC because it's processing it different. It took the not to be a tag. So I got the tag of everything up to the knot, and then everything after the knot's the message. I'm confused by that one, but that's what happened. So it's something to think about that there are tags in um, Elasticsearch, and there are messages. Where inside a login site, there's messages, and you extract bits to make your tag. Um, Elasticsearch already has its mechanisms for splitting things up. Now you can configure that. I didn't. This is just the way it comes out raw. So something to think about. There are differences, and some of those differences may be a little annoying. Now all the white space is just things that I want to cut out that you guys shouldn't be able to see, because I'm a security guy, so I got to think about that. Login site searchable. Same way. I, I actually was building out. I, um, back in the day, ESX25 timeframe when I wrote my first book. I included in the back of it a script that would go through all the VMware logs at the time, the ESX logs at the time, and extract out all the known stuff. So what you were left with were problems, the things you had to look at. And when I did that, for my environment, every 30 or 40 days, my environment would crash, one of my machines. And I never could figure out. So I did this to figure out what it was. I had a SCSI attached a SCSI attached tape drive that every 30 to 40 days would just crater for whatever reason. And all those logs would show up, would be hundreds of logs just about SCSI problems. And that required me to reboot my host. I don't do that anymore. But I'm now getting otter errors like that BNX error. I have no idea why that's there. So I want to look at the things I don't consider normal. So this is a way of doing that. Hey, Edward, sorry to ask one more time. Are you, are you sharing something other than your nope, deck? No, nope, just talking nope. about it. Just talking? Okay. Yes, right. just talking. Just talking about it. The main thing is, is that you can now search and log insight the same things. I can say, all these things are known, get rid of them. Show me what's unknown. I can do the same thing in my ARC. Log insight has no third-party support, plugin support except through syslog and their own API output. ERC, you can plug as many number of third-party tools in it. Elasticsearch they, has a whole stack of stuff built on top of it, Prelert being one of them, a few other companies being another one. 
Um, they also have their own dashboarding mechanism, and you can import those just like you can import them into Log Insight. You've got preset fields in Log Insight for VMware products. You can actually extract your own preset fields very, very easily. Burke is based on tags, and you have to actually have create your tag language. You can, can create fields. You can do tag creation as well, dashboard creation, API support in ERC. Those are big things to me. Um, I do a lot with automation, and an API is gold. If I can't query an API to do this, I cannot do this. As a matter of fact, I'm building out a RabbitMQ to Elasticsearch tool to convert so I can actually pull a, a, a query very, very fast for a customer using the, the Elasticsearch API. That's powerful. Log inside, I'm stuck with outputting it to Elasticsearch so I can do that. You can use both. There are space considerations when you use both. You can actually, ERC has third-party support. The speed of our syslog is not the speediest daemon in the world. But it does expand the capabilities of Log Insight by adding in a usable API. Now, the future of this is I want to support more security options, cluster build, some I want to port some of my dashboards from Log Insight over the, to Elasticsearch. And you guys can contribute to this anytime you want. Just add to it, send me questions, send me suggestions, do a pull request, have fun. Now, I'm at the virtualization practice. This is the GitHub repository that I've been showing you. And you can go off and do um, play with it. And we can't see what you're looking at. I think it I'm sounds like showing, you're... I'm showing the screen, my the presentation. That's all I'm showing. Okay. All right. Is the presentation proceeding? No, we're just looking at the title slide in your deck. Really? How about now? No. Okay. Now? I can see your mouse moving, but I still just see the title slide at your deck. Interesting. It says that's what I've been showing. Let me try a different form of this. How about now? Yeah, there. That looks better. Okay. So let me go back to which is better so you can see the difference between Log Insight and ERC. This is the Log Insight piece here. Oops. Um, it has a message and so forth, and ERC divided the message up between a tag, which is the very beginning, and the message, which is everything after the not. I don't know why, but that's the way it did it. So that's, that's a problem that you have to think about. The data may not look the same. When you look at this, this is the conversion, uh, the stuff I did on this. I mean, the third-party support in Elasticsearch is great. It's based on tags. You can create your own preset fields and create your own tags. Both of them have dashboard creation, but Elasticsearch has an API you can call to make your own queries. 
and you can use both, but the API is so much better. Um, this is very important to me, to be able to use the API. You can support security, more security options. I want to do that. If you guys have anything, you want to modify the Nginx one to do certificate-based, or you want to modify the Nginx one to do two-factor authentication, be my guest. Make a pull request, and you can modify that. Um, I want to do cluster builds. So in other words, right now it's only one Elasticsearch node. I want to scale it out and scale it up. That will require some changes to the networking. I may want to even make this containers. That's another way you could do this. So please contribute. That's that's fantastic, Edward. Thank you so much for presenting. Um, any other questions before we close out? Anyone? All right. Well, it seems like uh, there's a lot of ways to get a hold of you anyway, right, Edward? You have either, Absolutely. Yeah. Virtualization oh. practice, text I will find me on e my email address is on, on the GitHub address, so you can get me there. Um, the whole idea is by doing this, I've actually expanded the capabilities of Log Insight by using less disk space, letting Log Insight manage all the logs and letting it do what it needs to do. But by pulling everything in the Elasticsearch, I now have an API and query to do all sorts of fun things. Um, number, I'm looking for specific errors. I can actually make, use this to actually do remediate, you know, automatic remediation next, where in Log Insight, that's actually a little harder to do. So that would be another step on this. We make a, a re automated remediation for well-known things that I see, or to look for security issues, or look for any type of issues in an automatic fashion, and then actually use this in, these, uh, in Orchestrator so that I can start off a workflow, I see something in vCenter, start up, it sees a message, start off a workflow, get the details out of Elasticsearch to know how to fix the problem automatically. That would be very cool. Yeah, all sorts of applications here. Absolutely. All right, well, it seems like you're all, all done then, Edward? Relatively. Okay. Very good. Work. I'm open to questions and willing to talk about any of this. Wow. Um, by the way, I was just showing the, um, this is the Log Insight screen for setting it up. Make sure you hit the test button. And then this is basically what Kibana looks like when you log in. Mine is just recording, you know, every every minute it shows, every, uh, every minute it shows a new set of things. So I'm actually doing roughly about 1,000 messages a minute right now through my, my environment, this will grow as the environments grow. So this is actually what it looks like when you log in. Cool. Well, it doesn't look like we have any more questions, but I'm sure people can reach out to you uh, afterward. Um, thanks so much for presenting, and thanks, Adam Eckerly, for co-hosting. Um, I think that's all we have. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.